Hey everyone, welcome to The Geek Awakens, where the talk is geekier than accidentally coordinating t-shirts. Um, I'm Mitch, and joining me tonight is Matt. Hello. Tabitha. Hello. And Lydia. You just came up with that on the spot because of what I said, didn't you? Sure did. You're welcome. <laughs> um, yeah. We, uh... Matt, Lydia, and I uh, all accidentally have Marvel t-shirts on. Uh, Tabitha is the, the lone person out. I don't know what you want from me. Baseball uh, season. <laughs> fair. At least she's wearing a shirt. You're welcome. <laughs> Wrong show. <laughs> so, uh, before we get started, and we've got a ton of stuff to talk about, uh, before we get started, just a quick shout out to uh, friends of the show, Miriam and Matt. They are getting married this weekend. And this week has been um, fun because when I'm not working on this, I'm working on stuff for the wedding, and I'm ready for Sunday. I'm ready for sleep. <laughs> but um, congrats, guys. Uh, so yeah, so we're going to actually get started with Matt, and uh, we've got some info on the uh, new Star Wars movie. Well, after. Not, yeah, Wars. not Rise of Skywalker, but the next new Star Wars movie. How many so, are there going to be? Well, at least three more. Good lord. But they're taking a break. So we've got a few years between Rise of Skywalker and the next Star Wars movie, which we, well, Bob Iger, um, who, you know, head of Disney, uh, announced or, well, shared the information that the next Star Wars movie, which is releasing December 16th, 2022, will be from the Game of Thrones creators, David ben- Benioff and D.B. Weiss. Now, he did say movie. Now, they have three release dates for 2022, 24, and 26. But he did say movie, not trilogy. So there's no... N- nothing that this could be more than one movie from them. But at least the next movie will come from... The guys who have brought us Game of Thrones. You know, um, I'm I'm cool with that. Uh, obviously, I don't really know exactly what to expect from them, but uh, if you can have arguably the most uh, popular TV show on television right now, if not in recent memory, mm-hmm. then cool. Yeah, take my Star Wars. Yeah, to see what they can do. I mean, they've worked with in. A massive cast of characters. So, Star Wars probably should be in good hands with guys like that. See, well, at least one hand. The left hand. Because everybody loses their right hand. But they're good at that. Gotta be good at something. Jamie Lannister. I know. Okay. I was a joke. <laughs> is, that, is that a nod from Game of Thrones to Star Wars? Is that That's how they got the gig? I don't know. Their writing on this last season has been... <laughs> Interesting to say the least. So maybe they've just been more focused on the Star Wars movie instead of Game of Thrones. We'll see. Can you guys pick up me for not seeing Star Wars? I, I I couldn't catch up even if I wanted to. They just keep adding more movies. <laughs> well, after this one, you'll have three years. Yeah, that's a long time to catch up on nine movies. Well, eleven if you count Rogue One and oh, that's Solo. True. Okay, yeah, eleven. Ten Solo doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> for what it was, Solo was a fine movie. Was it a great movie? No. But it was a fine movie. Do you need to watch it to enjoy your Star Wars experience? Did it add anything to your Star Wars experience or take away anything from your Star Wars experience? It certainly didn't take away anything. Did it add anything? It was nice to see how Han and Chewie met. Was it? (laughs) (laughs) You don't need to watch that one. Cool. Okay. (laughs) But you can if you want to. But you don't need to. (laughs) But let's get me started on like the first... Three, and we'll go from there. there How's go. that sound? <laughs> Good game plan. So, um, we are going to uh, talk about a couple of um, books that are coming out. Uh, one's next week, actually. Yeah, yeah, one's next week. Well, yeah, we'll start with that one. Uh, coming out next week from Lionforge. <laughs> Again, like I said, I'm, I'm stretched really thin right now. It's all right. It's all going to be over next week. Or this week. That's Whatever. daunting. <laughs> that sounds like you're playing mass murder, not like it's you're all playing a wedding. to be over. It's all downhill from here. Well, you know. So yes. go ahead and sing. <laughs> um, so coming out uh, next week from Lion Forge is uh, Midnight Radio. Um, it's written and drawn by uh, Iolanda Zanfordino, uh, and basically it's. <clears throat> um, 
it's the story of these four characters that um, that basically they, for lack of a better term, like they take their they take control of their lives uh, without you know like regardless with and they all have different factors for what was the catalyst. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, <laughs> I really enjoyed this. I enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to. Uh, I expected there to be uh, more more interaction between all the characters. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect for it to essentially be four different stories. There are a couple of instances where mm-hmm. other characters pop in, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, but I, you know, I was so like on the one hand, like while I didn't get what I expected, I was still like pleasantly surprised. I was like, okay, I, I'm digging this. You know, mm-hmm. once I realized. They ain't meeting, you know. <laughs> <laughs> then, I, then I was cool with it. Um, I did also really appreciate because with each story, um, it has a different like filter. Yes, mm-hmm. thank you. Because I was trying to come up with yeah, yeah. That was my favorite part of this. Yeah, because it really like especially when you intertwine stories like that, mm-hmm. it can get confusing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if that was necessarily their intent for having those filters or if they were just trying to be cool. Um, <laughs> but I <laughs> but I did appreciate that. Uh, what, did, what did you guys think about it? I really liked it. Like I said, that filter over each person's story mm. was like related to the story, but whatever. But like I liked the separation, like being able to tell because sometimes I do struggle with comics, like keeping things straight. And the art style was very similar for each thing. Mm. But the color really really helped and like i really liked how like i was waiting for them to connect too but i kind of liked that they didn't Mm -hmm. like you watched four people's journeys and you were like waiting for it and then when it didn't happen like i wasn't disappointed i was like oh okay that said and um there is you know and uh there is one part where you know there is like that connective tissue between all the four Mm -hmm. stories and when we got that i thought that was fantastic Yeah. yeah that was really cool I definitely, it, at first, the different coloring was a little, it, I understood what was happening. Each story had its own coloration so that you could tell when you switch stories, which sometimes when they do stuff like that can be a little jarring or confusing. I don't know. I, I liked it, but it was a little, I don't know. The stories were different enough where I didn't feel like it was necessary for the different coloring. Um, but I get it. I mean, I understood the point behind it. Um, but it was... I really enjoyed this. I mean, it really kind of... Certain parts of it really kind of hit home. And I I really enjoyed that. Yeah. And I liked that, you know, this wasn't... You know, this was just for ordinary people. You know, Mm -hmm. it wasn't really anything too special about them, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, but I I really enjoyed it. Uh, Definitely, like I said, uh, comes out May 22nd. Uh, Do yourself a favor and check that out. Uh, then from Vault coming out in a couple of weeks is uh, She Said Destroy, which the uh, the quote-unquote elevator pitch that Vault gave this was uh, The Wicked and the Divine meets Star Wars by way of Final Fantasy. Yeah. Okay. I, 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 now that you say that, I, I can see that from, from what I read. Mm-hmm. Um, I, usually, I usually don't have a problem when we get dropped off in the middle of something and I'm able to pick up and keep going. This one was a little more jarring than I expected. Like, yeah. I really was looking for a little bit more backstory to kind of help explain what was happening, like how we got to that point. Maybe you'll get that as the issues roll along, but it didn't. It didn't give that to me right away. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, and when I read it the first time, yeah, I, I definitely saw that. But then I went back and because I, I was I was looking for a couple of different things. Um, and so, like, I reread the first couple of pages, and then, like, because because one of my things, like the 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 um, antagonist or whatever for this uh, mother, uh, I have it written down, Mother Bridget. Mm-hmm. In this first issue, for me, she didn't feel like the menace that you know that mm-hmm. they say that she is. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, upon reading it the second time, I kind of I kind of got more of that feeling, huh. um, which is unfortunate because I. I want to see that the first time. Yeah. yeah. You know? I didn't mind this. Like, I, as we all know, have a hard time being dropped off in the middle of things because I get confused. Um, but the, like, constant, like, repetition of my child and their names, while helpful to be named, like, naming your characters, was 
like bad 1990s early 2000s young adult fiction like the overuse of names I really like the art in this though like because mm-hmm. it would go from like this like kind of fairy thing to this very like sci-fi thing and if it would have just been the art I would have been okay it was the dialogue that bothered me <laughs> yeah I did and you know like especially like kind of going back to what they said you know how kind of you know it has a Star Wars vibe to it I definitely felt that with Bridget and um, uh, Rixton. Mm-hmm. I definitely had a Vader Palpatine mm-hmm. feel to yeah. it. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Overall, I liked it. I'm I'm ready. You know, I definitely want to keep going with it with issue two. See if you know, see if we can get Bridget to be this, like I said, this menace that she's yeah. supposed to be. Um, but yeah, so that'll come out. Like I said, uh, May 29th, So be on the lookout for that. Uh, all right, so we're going to get started with gut reaction. The first one, uh, we finally have a name for the uh, Jean-Luc Picard Star Trek series. Star mm-hmm. Trek Picard. And that's And that's, while that is going to be what we're giving our gut reaction on, did you see the uh, the still that was leaked? Mm-hmm. I don't think I did. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why. I'm going to pull this up real quick. Uh, but, like, I kind of geeked out that I saw that. We saw, see, just a glimpse of the Starfleet mm-hmm. uniform, you know. The, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, remind me, I'll show you later. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I think it's s- simple to the point. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't need the next next generation. You know. Oh come on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I'm giving it a thumbs up, Lydia. I mean, simple and to the point, and you can't really go wrong with Picard. Let's be honest. So mm-hmm. thumbs up. Yeah, thumbs up. I agree. And also, like, we've never had a Star Trek where it's like Star Trek the captain like mm-hmm. it's like star trek the ship and it's like you know what we don't need a ship we got picard so thumbs up <laughs> yep, that's so true it really is we don't need a ship we have picard <laughs> oh yeah. yeah so you get you get just a glimpse yeah. of it uh-huh. all right yeah i i mean can always use more jean-luc picard i this is gonna be awesome i this is one of those things like they can give you some no information other than the fact that it's patrick stewart and it's called picard and i am I'm on board. Beam me up. (laughs) Thumbs up. I was waiting on that. (laughs) Make it so. Um, (laughs) That too. (laughs) Lydia, we have a uh, Maleficent trailer. We do. Um, This one looks like it's a bit darker than the first one, which kind of excites me because I loved the first Maleficent movie, but it did kind of soften her character a bit. This looks like you're going to get more old school evil Maleficent, so I'm really curious to see how this goes. The trailer didn't really give you much story-wise, though, from what I could tell, but overall I am very curious to see what this movie is, and it's rare that I'm excited for a sequel, so thumbs up. Yeah, I agree. Um, This looks much darker, but still has that like whimsy Mm -hmm. of Maleficent, so I'm in. Thumbs up. I have not seen the first one, and Aside from knowing that, you know, she's this wretched, horrible witch, I don't really know much about her. Um, is she, though? What? Is she? Oh, I, I mean, everybody is the villain of somebody else's story, so. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I think it looks cool, so I'm going to go thumbs up. Yeah, it uh, agreed. I never saw the first one. Um, I thought that it looked kind of cool, and I'm, I'm going to butcher the line, but like when uh, she's talking to the queen or whatever, and it's the. Uh, well, if I was any smarter, and then Maleficent's all like, well, are you uh-huh. any smarter? Like, I was like, okay, okay, I see you. Um, I'm gonna, Yeah, I'll go ahead and give this a thumbs up as well. Uh, Matt, let's talk about I Am Mother. So, this movie premiered at Sundance, um, and basically, right after it premiered, Netflix is like, we're buying that, it's gonna be ours. Um, like, they is, everything. Right, pretty much. Um, it's an AI-themed dystopian future mother is a robot played by voiced by rose Byrne. she is raising a teen girl as the way it's portrayed as a way to repopulate earth um everything seems to be going swimmingly until hillary swank's character arrives and starts bringing up a whole bunch of new questions about what's actually going on and what mother is actually doing it looks dark it's interesting because you watch the trailer and at first you're like oh And then it kind of just gets darker as the trailer goes along. I love these types of movies, so I'm going to go thumbs up, even though it looks like it 
it could be on the hairy edge of being kind of meh. I'm still going to go thumbs up on the on the prospect. Yeah. This movie is not for me, and not anything against you know the 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 production production quality or whatever. I mean, it was a fine trailer that you know like I'm sure it'll be a fine movie, but no, nope, 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 <laughs> nope, 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 nope. Give it a thumbs down, Lydia. I'm going to go thumb sideways because I'm kind of between you two. Like, not necessarily my thing, but I'm intrigued by this premise. So yeah, I'm going to go thumb sideways, and I'll give it the benefit of the doubt for now. I got enough dystopian future in my current <laughs> political <laughs> outlook on life. I don't need Netflix's help. <laughs> like, we had The Handmaid's Tale. I don't need anything else. Like, that was Hulu. Hulu, now they're just, they're just, I, I'm over the dystopian. Just someone give me, like, six hours of Care Bears movies right now. Like, <laughs> make everything happy for five minutes. So, thumbs down. Also, I can't look at Hillary Swank for that long. It just hurts my face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tabitha, let's talk about uh, uh, the Judy Garland. Um, Renee, Renee, we talked about it before. Um, Renee Zellweger is portraying Judy Garland in Judy. Um, it's based on the play Into the Rainbow. Um, we have a trailer as well as a release date. The release date is going to be September 27th. Um, Renee Zellweger looks super convincing as Judy Garland. Like, she's got the, like, I've been on a lot of uppers and downers for my whole life look going on, like, real good. But she's singing, and I need her to stop. <laughs> like, <laughs> Judy Garland did not have her voice recorded over and over and over for Renee Zellweger not to have a voiceover for the music for this movie. So, um, sideways? Good job on your face. Bad job on your voice. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Critics are harsh already. Yes. Not surprised. <laughs> um, this could be interesting. I, I'm not 100% sure. Um, I'm not 100% convinced with Renee Zellweger as Judy Garland. Um, I mean, Judy Garland is iconic. Um, so I'm going to go thumb sideways. I see where you're coming from. But at the same time, like, I I don't know. I, I feel like for me, it would take me completely out of it if they had Judy Garland voice, you know, the the, right. the music, you know. Mm-hmm. I just I, I yeah, I words high. But um They're hard. <laughs> <laughs> but I think overall, I mean I, I I enjoyed the trailer. I don't think that again, I don't think this movie is for me. Mm-hmm. Uh but I thought it was good. Thumbs up, Lydia. I agree with you on having like the actual Judy Garland uh playing over it, but I feel like they still could have had someone that was better at portraying Judy Garland's voice, dub over it. It's been done in movies for years. Like, you could have changed her voice. It would have been okay. If you can use Julie Andrews to dub over Audrey Hepburn and My Fair Lady, you can use dead Judy Garland to dub over Renee Zellweger. This is fair. But, yeah, I'm gonna give it a thumb sideways. I'm still not convinced this is gonna be any good. So, um, speaking of people thinking that things aren't good, um... (laughs) Okay. So, going back to uh, going back to Game of Thrones, uh, there is a change.org petition to uh, remake Game of Thrones season eight with competent writers. Oh, yeah. Um, Has it been that bad? <laughs> That's all I needed to know. As of as of right now, it uh, has over six hundred and fifty six thousand people who have signed it. Um, but yeah, so. The, uh, the initial goal was 25,000, but now they're like, hey, let's have it be a million people. Um, <laughs> according to the uh, according to the website, uh, the Dylan, who is the person who started this, uh, this petition, says, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss have proven themselves to be woefully incompetent writers when they have no source material, i.e. the books, to fall back on. The series deserves a final season that makes sense. Subvert my expectations and make it happen HBO. Regardless of whatever issues you have with Game of Thrones, um, and also just to point out that the episode that kind of sparked this uh, this petition had over twelve and a half million viewers. So even with your six hundred thousand people who have signed it, that's still a drop in the bucket to the amount of people who have actually watched it. I'm sure that there are plenty of people who agree with the petition but haven't signed it. But whatever. All that aside, I really wish that we would get out of this um, habit of wanting a petition for um. 
my thing wasn't made just the way that I wanted it. And there are 7 billion people, but I'm not happy. Meh. <laughs> Do the rest of the episode in that voice. I totally think that I can. Um, so I'm giving, the, I'm giving this petition a thumbs down, Lydia. I'm also going to give it a thumbs down, but I want to give a thumbs up to that voice. Meh. <laughs> <laughs> my new favorite Mitch voice. Um, I have not been as pleased as I could be with this season of Game of Thrones. It's not, I mean, it's the writer's fault, but it's also people's fault for having too high of expectations for a TV show when you've been out of source material for a hot minute. Also, I saw something earlier that, like, I was like, oh, this is kind of funny. Like, people on the internet, whatever. I saw something earlier that was like, Maybe if the 35,000 people who have signed, or however many have signed the Game of Thrones petition could maybe, you know, sign political petitions and might get somewhere in this world. So mm. put, put things in perspective a little yeah. bit for me. So I'm not as amused by this anymore. But uh, I'm going thumbs down because you're right. People are just complaining because they're not getting what they wanted. Neither am I, but I'm not making an internet petition about it. Also, sorry. Um... There's so many characters that have so many different groups of people backing them. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's only going to be one group that's going to be happy with the outcome of this, mm-hmm. and that's whoever wa- basically wins who gets right. on the throne. Right. Everyone else is not going to be happy no matter what. So yeah. you're you're fighting a losing battle. Mm-hmm. This, uh, I'm, I'm with you 100 on this, Mitch. Like uh, enough with this. Like when people tried to refund, you know, the Force Awakens, there was I think the, it was last last Jedi. Jedi. Last Jedi. Like oh, uh, we want to redo this because it was horrible. Like. Enough with this garbage. Like, not to mention that, yes, with the 12 point whatever million viewers that HBO has, they're rolling in money. They don't care about your 600,000 online petition signers. They don't. Thumbs down. Yeah. Uh, Lydia, let's talk about Netflix going to E3. Yeah, so apparently Netflix is not just... They're not happy just doing all their TV shows and their movies and everything. They want to do video games, too. So they are... Um, going to E3 this year for the first time and doing a panel um, basically talking about all of the TV shows and movies that they have for their original series that they want to turn into video games. Um, Also, they're talking about the Stranger Things game that is coming in July, apparently, but they just... They're not happy with just dealing with one thing like they have to stick their hand in everything like come on you're doing good with the tv shows and the movies just stay there and leave my games alone (laughs) thumbs down go away yeah i feel like they're trying to get too many too many things in their bucket Mm -hmm. and they need to maybe just chill out for a little bit so thumbs down i agree matt I mean, stick to what you know, what's good. I mean, I know that Disney does it, but Disney is Disney. Uh, Netflix is not Disney. So just continue to produce solid TV content. Um, So, I mean, I I give you the, you know, go for it. You know, do what you want to do. But at the same time, like, do what you do best. So thumbs down. Sooner or later... I, just the way that it's going and with all the, you know, seemingly everybody getting their own streaming service, uh, sooner or later, Netflix will be original content only. Mm-hmm. Like, eventually, all the other stuff that they have licensed will be taken away from them or they'll stop using it or whatever, whether it's them or, you know, the person licensing it. So, with that said, you know, Netflix is going to have to have some other reason to get people interested in, you know, more than just their original content. Uh, so for that, I mean, I, I'm willing to give Netflix a benefit of the doubt. I'm going to give it a thumb sideways. Um, who knows? Maybe that this could be the start of something new for them. Uh, Tabitha, let's talk Orville. We posted it on our Facebook page that the Orville show was released, renewed for a third season. However, we have to wait until 2020. Mm-hmm. I don't want to wait till 2020. I want it now because I'm impatient. <laughs> I am Veruca Salt. Give me my thing now. Um, <laughs> I'm assuming it's because it's going to take them longer for special effects is what I'm guessing. I don't know. Thumbs up for the Orville coming back. Thumbs down for having to wait until 2020. Wanted it now in the fall. (laughs) (laughs) Matt. I'm going to go... I think it's awesome it's getting a third season. Um, I haven't watched a whole lot of this, but I've watched enough to know that it was better than I anticipated. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think better than I ever expected it to be. Um, so, like, thumbs down on having to wait longer, but thumbs up because I might actually catch up by then. 
Now, depending on when in 2020, I'm I'm okay with this. If we're talking, because like, I see, think it's fall. I think it's a fall release in 2020. Oh. So that's an extra year because I wanted it this, this fall, fall oh. and we're not getting it until ding 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 next fall. <laughs> oh, see, I was when I heard 2020, I was hoping maybe it's like a winter release, you know, like a. So, like, we're talking January because they didn't premiere season two until December mm-hmm. of last year. So, I mean, so it's like, well, if it's just a few extra weeks, I'm, I'm okay with that. But if it's fall 2020... Mm-hmm. I'm fairly I'm fairly certain it's fall 2020. If it's fall 2020, it better be real. It better be really worth, worth the rate. Wait. Worth, worth the, the wait. wait. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Um, man. Okay, I'll give it a thumb sideways. Lydia. <laughs> I haven't watched it at all, but I know you guys obviously enjoy it, so thumbs up that it's getting a third season, but thumbs down having to wait because I've been having to wait for some things to come back around, and it sucks, so I'm sorry, guys. Uh, Matt, let's talk The Matrix. Uh, So we might be plugging back in. Oh, really? (laughs) Mostly just because I feel like you've been holding on to that since you found this story. You're not wrong. So as long ago as two years Prior, the Warner Brothers was reported as developing uh, what at that point was a reboot of The Matrix. Now, at this point, it seems, it sounds, that the Wachowskis are back attached to this project uh, and that it is not going to be a reboot, but they will be revisiting the original franchise with either a canonized sequel or possibly a prequel to The Matrix. So there's no word yet if the Wachowskis are going to be directing, but they are definitely involved, definitely hands-on in developing this project. I'm going to go thumb sideways on this. Uh, The first Matrix was groundbreaking. It was breathtaking. It was fantastic. The second one was okay, and the third one just kind of fell flat on its face. I, I mean, I hope that maybe if they recapture some of that magic from the first one, we'll be in good shape. So thumb sideways. Yeah, I'm going to give this a thumb sideways as well. Um, I mean, it's as long as it's not, even though, like, man, has it already been, like, 20 years since the first Matrix? Uh, 99, I think, was yeah. the first. So, yeah. So, yeah. Way to feel old, everybody. Um, <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm definitely I'm definitely more on board with it being a, like, a continuation as, as opposed to a reboot. You know, you're right. Like, it's... Especially after that, the, the third Matrix. Now, full disclosure, I've never seen any of them. So I've just, I've heard, I know. I saw part of the first one. What is wrong with you people? I saw part of the first one on a school trip to St. Louis, but I never <laughs> finished it. It's very random. <laughs> Hi, have we met? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but if, they, if they could do something to recapture, you know, the what made the first one the first one, mm-hmm. then yeah, I'm down for that. So thumb sideways for now. Lydia? I feel like if they're going to do it, they almost need to make it a continuation rather than like a prequel because of the difference in the technology in movies oh. now compared to then. It would mm-hmm. just look weird to be like, oh, this happened before all of this. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So, but I'm going to say some thumb sideways. Tabitha? First one was great, second one was okay, third one was trash. So fourth one, I mean, we're on a downcline. So that makes me nervous, so thumb sideways. Speaking of, well, this one is a reboot. Uh, Matt, we're going to stick with you, and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Well, okay, so it says it's being, it says it's being rebooted, and it kind of is, but it's kind of not. So Frozen star Josh Gad is going to be playing the lead. They're calling it a reboot. But the film is set three decades after the original, and it will focus on Nick Zielinski, Wayne's son, who is repeating his father's past and accidentally shrinks his kids and has to basically save them again. So, it's a sequel, but it's a reboot at the same time. I'm not so sure. The other thing I found interesting when I looked at this is that they're not planning this on a Disney Plus release, but to actually be a theatrical so a full-blown movie, not just a streaming service. But, you know, they kind of have some big little shoes to fill. It was released in 89, and for five years, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids was Disney's highest-grossing live-action film with wow. $222 million at the global box office, which now doesn't seem like much, but to hold that for five years mm-hmm. is kind of impressive. 
I feel like this is another one of those Disney classics that we don't need to touch. I just don't. Like, even if it's an update, so I'm going to go... I, I like Josh Gad, I do, but I'm going to go thumbs down. If it was if it was a reboot, then I, I'd agree with you. But with it being kind of not really a reboot, with it being more of a continuation, I'm willing to kind of give it more of a thumb sideways, definitely with uh, Josh Gad being attached, because yeah, that guy's awesome. Uh, so, oh yeah, I'll give it a thumb sideways. Lydia? I'm very iffy about this. Even with it possibly being like a continuation... I love that movie. And I, I agree, it's a classic that doesn't really need touched. I don't know. It just it seems like another thing that doesn't need to happen. So, uh, thumb sideways. I'll give it the benefit for now. Tabitha. As much as I love Josh Gad, like all things he does are wonderful, I also really hate that Hollywood can't come up with new ideas. <laughs> <laughs> it's exhausting. So, thumbs down. Then I think that you'll probably not like this next one because we're getting a new live-action Mortal Kombat. <laughs> uh, pre-production is set to begin later this month. It will be uh, primarily made in South Australia, but we don't know if it's a continuation or a reboot. Either way, I'm going to go thumbs down. Um, I never saw the first, and I didn't realize there were multiple Mortal Kombat movies. Yeah, I just, I don't know. It's a fun game, but I think that that's where it should end. So, thumbs down. Lydia? Yeah, I gave the last one a thumb sideways just because it, I'm trying to give it the benefit. But there's so many reboots, guys. Stop, please. Just, no, thumbs down. <laughs> Do I need to even ask you to have a thumb? I kind of stopped listening after you said Mortal Kombat movie. <laughs> but thumbs down. <laughs> Matt? Video game movies don't have a good track record anyways. And... I didn't realize there were multiple Mortal Kombat movies. I did see the first one. It was awful. I mean, it was just like <laughs> turning a fighting game into a movie. Like, there's no plot to this. They don't know what you would expect anyways. But this doesn't... No, we don't need to keep going with this. Thumbs down. Uh, Lydia, let's talk uh, Walking Dead game. So, Walking Dead, like, kills all video game... Um, Developers? Uh, yeah, that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> It kills, like, all video game developers that it's ever had a game from. But apparently, um, there's a game coming out called The Walking Dead Onslaught. It's going to be a PSVR game that apparently you get to play as Rick Grimes. But yeah, Walking Dead does not have a good track record with developers. So I'm curious to see if this one does any better than any of the previous ones. But yeah, I don't really need to play as Rick. That just sounds like a really bad time. <laughs> that just sounds like a lot of nope. So, thumb sideways for the interesting idea, but I'm not look. I, I'm not giving much hope that it does any better at keeping its companies alive than the last few games that have happened. Definitely. I'm still really confused as to why The Walking Dead won't die. <laughs> Because like, it's the Walking Dead. Right, that's why I don't have to like. There's there's so much Walking Dead, and it's just they're just always just walking, and, I just, <laughs> and they're dead, and they're dead, and there's <laughs> there's just nothing new ever happening. Like I can't like what do you do in this video game? Like I'm just I don't get it. You, you kill things that come back to life to haunt you again, and then you just kill them again, and then you walk, and then you do it again. Exactly. <laughs> Sounds riveting. <laughs> Matt, uh, you know. I do feel bad because Telltale was a fantastic developer and they did just get caught off at the knees, um, especially after, you know, the Walking Dead games, which even their Walking Dead games were very well received critically and commercially. I mean, as far as, you know, downloadable games go. Um, but enough is enough. Thumbs down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. I don't know, like, with it being a VR game, I don't know, might be cool. I'll give it a thumb sideways just for that. <laughs> Sorry about his life. I don't know, might be cool. <laughs> uh, so, we don't have really any information about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, but um, James Gunn did say that it's going to have, uh, it's going to kind of uh, complete... Rocket's uh, character arc. Okay. Yeah. Uh, which 
kind of concerns me a little because I swear to God, if you if you kill him off, I'm not going to be happy. Right. But um, it's going to. So he um, he had an interview with Deadline, and he basically he said that he relates to Rocket and he feels compassion, uh, but he also feels like the story's not been completed. Uh, he has an arc that started in the first movie, continued into the second, and goes through Infinity War and Endgame, and then I was set to really finish that arc in Guardians Three. So. I'm a little concerned. I hope it's a happy ending for Rocket. Give it a thumbs up because Rocket's one of my favorite Guardians, but a little, little worried. A little worried. Lydia. You, you can't hurt the raccoon. Don't, <laughs> don't hurt the raccoon. <laughs> um, but, yeah, thumbs up, I guess, for, the, for that. But, yeah, like you said, I'm scared, too. That doesn't... That sounds, like, very foreboding, yeah. and I'm not okay with it. <laughs> yeah, it makes me nervous, too. But, like, maybe... Because we don't really know that much about Rocket's past. Maybe we're getting a little uh, Rocket backstory. Mm-hmm. Which I'd be down for. Love a good backstory. So I'm going thumb sideways. Because I'm also trepidatious. I feel like Rocket's definitely going to die. <laughs> nah. I don't like the, the, the that thought at all. Like the idea of losing Rocket. Um, I. It's hard though because especially with Endgame and what James Gunn has done... With the Guardians movies, it's hard to not go ahead and just give them the benefit of the doubt that this is going to turn out satisfactorily. But yes, like the idea of finishing an arc, especially the way that we just finished an arc, mm-hmm. I'm going to go thumb sideways because it still makes me a little nervous. Go trash pandas. <laughs> Speaking of things making you nervous, Matt, uh, how does how does a new saw with uh, Chris Rock make you feel? Uh, I, I wish I never saw this story. So apparently Chris Rock is a huge fan of the Saw movies. He approached uh, Lionsgate with a an idea for a new Saw movie. Uh, so Joe Drake, chairman of Lionsgate Motion Picture Group, says that when Chris Rock came to us and described in chilling detail... His fantastic vision that reimagines and spins off the world of the notorious Jigsaw Killer, we were all in. Longtime Saw producers Mark Berg and Oren Cools are attached. Um, it's going to be directed by Darren Lynn Bousman, who helmed the three most successful Saw movies. The screenplay Chris Rock helped conceive. It's being written by, Colt, by Pete Goldfinger and Josh Stolberg. Chris Rock is executive producing it's not getting any better i just is he is he gonna star no I mean, not, <laughs> he doesn't say yet he hasn't signed on for that but he's doing everything else i we don't need any more saw movies especially with chris rock so thumbs down yeah um i as much as i loved the first saw movie i don't think i i think i my i, I saw saw two but i i stopped there um yeah, adding Chris Rock, nothing against the guy, but that doesn't make me excited at all. So yeah, thumbs down. Lydia, aren't there like thirteen Saw movies? Do we do we really need another one? Like Chris Rock, sit down, shut up, and stop. Thumbs up. <laughs> I've only seen the first one. I figured the plot twist, quote unquote, the plot twist out about fourteen minutes into the movie, and I was like, not surprised at the end. Everyone's like, oh my god! I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> And I have not seen a Saw movie since. Adding Seesaw? I'm going to hit you with my bell. <laughs> Is that still going to count as a shame? Yes, because it Absolutely. will indeed ring. <laughs> um, adding Chris Rock to something that's already bad <laughs> is like literally a recipe for disaster. <laughs> like, I have a bad thing. I'm going to put a bad thing on top of the bad thing and... What am I going to get? Cancel each other out? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think that's how that works. No. It's a double negative. No. <laughs> it's, it's a sandwich. It's a bad sandwich. <laughs> it's doubly negative. <laughs> True. So, Tom King, who is the uh, writer for Batman right now, has uh, kind of dropped some hints that uh, what's going to happen in Batman 75 might change the Dark Knight for... Um, for a generation, maybe more, maybe forever. We'll see. Uh, it's uh, the uh, the arc is called City of Bane, so obviously Bane's going to have something to do with it. Really? Um, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, 
I'm giving this one a thumbs sideways. I really, really, really like what um, Tom King has done with Batman. Uh, I'm not one of the people who hated on the whole uh, wedding fiasco. Um, I'm really like I'm I'm in for the long game. I'm, I want to see how he finishes it out, but. At the same time, there have been a lot of people who have been unhappy, not only with the wedding, but also with uh, uh, Heroes in Crisis, which is what he's, you know, he's also writing that. So it's like, if if he doesn't, you know, if this isn't what the fans want, I fear for his life. But I'm ready. <laughs> Lydia. I don't have much of a basis, but I'm always worried when people are like, oh, we're gonna take this character, we're gonna flip him upside down and have fun, so... Well, he's a bat, so... He is a bat, but that's... <laughs> 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 oh, anyway. Thumb sideways. Devil. It was more your, like, presentation of that because you sounded like the Jake from State Farm card. <laughs> well, he's a dude, so, like, that's what I was picturing in my head. Well, Batman he's a bat, so. Is Batman wearing khakis now? Yes! Maybe that's the big change. Oh, God. <laughs> the bat suit goes from black to tan. Um... Batman would have cargo pockets, though, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Batman's wearing carpenter car- ca- carpenter khakis. For sure. <laughs> I kind of want that now. I just I think it's when the utility belt just goes with cargo pockets. I say if that ends up being the plot twist, I am totally thumbs up. <laughs> He's got like just a regular old T-shirt on with a pocket that still has like, <laughs> the cowl on. Does he have the cape? Yes, yes but it's also khaki. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it should be like buffalo plaid or something. <laughs> or denim. He's gonna grow a beard too. Yes, and you can see it coming out of yes, I mean, yes. <laughs> I want this now. <laughs> Somebody call DC. Um However, I need comic creators to stop being like, we're gonna change the comic universe. We're gonna do A, B, and C, and then they're like Two years later, everything's back to the same. Like, that feels like what's what keeps happening. So, thumbs sideways. Matt? I have enjoyed a couple of big things about Tom King's run with Batman. One, I've absolutely appreciated, as I've mentioned on numerous occasions, that I love when comic creators play the long game with a story. Um, So, I like the idea of seeing where this all plays out. I really enjoyed his run in general, like, what he's done so far. Um... I also, with you, not was not on that boat with people that were upset about the whole wedding fiasco and how that all went down. Um, it was an interesting twist. It played out, I thought, well. Um, and, yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree with Tabitha that, you know, stop saying you're going to change the universe because everybody says that and it always goes back. Um, you know, say you're going to try something new, something different. Um, stop pretending like it's going to be universe-altering. Um, but still, I'm actually going to go thumbs up because I, I do. I have respect for what he's done so far with the series, and I want to see how it's going to all play out and continue at the end. Um, Tabitha, sticking with comics a little bit. Okay, so I'm real happy because I'm 12. But the Babysitter's Club novels got a re- graphic novel reboot, reboot, reboot a couple of a years reboot. ago. Shut up. <laughs> um, and oh, now, we haven't had a reboot in a while. We have not. Um, now we're getting Karen Brewer, which was... Christy's little sister. Um, they were the Babysitter's Little Sister books that came that were for like a younger audience that came out after the Babysitter's Club books. We're getting those in graphic novel form now. So we're going. They're slightly less than middle grade, um, but they're very large pages, very colorful art, very few sentences. They're like an early reader kind of graphic novel. Um, they're being brought by the illustrator Katie Farina. Um, the first book will be Karen's Witch, which will be published in December of 2019. Doesn't make sense. It's a Halloween book, but we're going to let it go. Um, then they're going to do two each year. Um, the next one will be in July of 2020, and then there will be another one in December of 2020, and going forward two each year. Cool. I think this is amazing. I love the Babysitters Club when I was a kid. Matt, I think this is a great idea, especially adding in some of this like younger middle grade. 
Babysitter's Club, Hardy Boys, that type of stuff. Like, I enjoy that, like, some of that stuff has seen a little bit of a resurgence. They're bringing some of that back. It's stuff that we grew up with and maybe even our parents grew up with. You go back to Hardy Boys, um, Nancy Drew, that kind of stuff. But um, being able to bring that to a new audience. And also, like, I've seen firsthand how some of these more easier reading based graphic novels um, have helped inspire some reading, Mm -hmm. like, in my own son. So, like, if they can do that for girls as well as boys, because a lot of what I've seen out there, graphic novel-wise, is more boy-oriented, I think this is a great idea, so thumbs up. Yeah, um, yeah, nothing else to add to it. Sounds sounds awesome. Thumbs up. Agreed. Thumbs up. <clears throat> so, um, Tabitha, we're going to stick with you, and what's going on with Arthur? Arthur, which is still airing. Did anybody know that on nope. PBS? No, I think I, I did, did know that. I did not know that. They're on season 22, if anybody wants to Jeez. feel extra old right now. <laughs> um, but the season premiere happened on Monday, which I guess they still have season premieres for PBS shows, but whatever. Um, the episode featured Arthur and company spending time trying to play matchmaker for their teacher, Mr. Rackburn. Um, they attempted to set him up with a sort of female characters like the librarian in the school and blah, blah, blah. Turns out at the end of the episode, Mr. Ratburn had a plan all along. He was just kind of appeasing them and letting them do what they want. And he marries the town chocolatier, Patrick. Uh, the line from the show is, Mr. Ratburn is married. I still can't believe it. Which is said by Arthur and his little sister Francine says, yep, it's a brand new world. So good job, PBS. Like they've been doing like a lot more like being inclusive and like showing diversity in these TV shows. The internet is angry. The internet is always angry. There's always going to be people that are mad about things like this, but whatever. Um, thumbs up for PBS. Like, they're showing that, you know, there's not just one way of looking at things, and they're bringing it into a children's show in a very classy, very well-done way. So, thumbs up, PBS. Matt? I really have nothing to add to that, but yeah, thumbs up. Thumbs up. Uh, I actually, I, I saw this uh, before you had shared it with us, and I still hadn't seen the negative reaction to it yet, which is surprising because mm-hmm. I usually look for that stuff on purpose. <laughs> um, so I know what I'm going to be doing after uh, I post this episode. But <laughs> Oh, there's so much. Oh, I'm so, sure. So much. Uh, but yeah, also to make myself feel even older, um, when Arthur premiered 22 years ago, I already, like, I've never seen it because I was already too old for Arthur. So I'm staying out of this conversation. I know. I mean, I'm not that much younger than you, and I, like, remember watching Arthur. Well, doing the math, I would have been 12 when it came out, uh, when it first fair. premiered. Yeah. yeah. So, Lydia? I think this is awesome. I love the inclusivity of it, and the fact that they're, per- they're showing it to a younger audience in a way that's not... Most people are like, oh, you did blah, blah, blah. hmm they're being like yeah. really. They're just. It's, 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 it's just a natural thing happening yeah. in the episode. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> All words, <laughs> words are hard. Tabitha's better at it than me. Uh, but yes, I love this. Thumbs up. Um, the last one, and man, like the majority of tonight's episode was gut reaction. So eh, whatever. Um, so the last one, Tabitha. Uh, why is McDonald's doing too much? <laughs> McDonald's is just doing a lot. It's been a while since we've had a food story, so um, This summer, McDonald's is bringing some of its international foods to the United States. Uh, we're getting the Stroop Waffle McFlurry, uh, the Grand McExtreme Bacon Burger. That's hard to say. Um, the Tomato Mozzarella Chicken Sandwich, which unfortunately sounds delicious um and cheesy bacon fries um they're only going to be at select locations starting on june 5th and only for a limited time but there's also a possibility they're going to release a meatless burger called the big vegan it's already available in germany so good job mcdonald's i'm going thumbs up because i need to know what a stroop waffle mcflurry is like (laughs) i never heard of one and now that i've heard of it i need it in my life and i was going to ask you what that was i don't know but I know what a stroop. I mean, I know what a stroop waffle is. It's like the little waffle cone thing that's got the like stuff in it. It's like oh. a, a, a cookie. Oh, okay. But it's like a crumbled up cookie in the in the ice cream. Hmm. I need to know what that tastes like. I mean, I yeah. can do it myself. I could go buy a stroop, but that's a lot of work, and I'm not going to do it. Plus, your ice cream machine is broken. Right. <laughs> <laughs> My ice cream machine is always broken. Matt, why is it always broken? Plus, the rum always gone. Right. Exactly. <laughs> same same type of question. Different universe. Um, 
Depends I don't know, right? <laughs> I, I do kind of like this idea, because um, I know that there have been some things, like, internationally that have been different and interesting that people have looked at from McDonald's and go, well, why can't that be here, too? So I think it's a cool idea that they're at least going to give us a taste of that. Um, uh, Literally. Uh, <laughs> so, thumbs up. Uh, I'm just... <laughs> I'm just a little disappointed because the Stroopwafel McFlurry notwithstanding, the other items are sounds like things that would easily and already should be on a McDonald's menu. Yeah. Like cheesy bacon fries? Okay, come on. Like, why not? Why don't we have that already? Exactly. <laughs> um, and I'm sorry, the Grand Mc Extreme Bacon Burger? That sounds like it came from America. That it does. <laughs> but, um, so, for that, I'm giving this a thumb sideways. Like, give us more weird stuff. But yeah. <laughs> I have to agree with you on that, because I've seen some of the different things that McDonald's has at their other locations in various countries, and I feel like there's a couple things that could have been a lot more interesting than some of these, but at the same time, I like the idea that we're getting some different stuff, so thumbs up. Um, we've, we're going to do just a couple more stories, um, and I'm, I'm sorry, Tabitha, I keep coming back to you. God, why am I talking so much? Well, um, because you're the... wording better than all of yeah. us combined yeah. tonight, that's why. And you had all the stories. Ta-da. Yeah, It's true. <laughs> so, why why was George R. R. Martin throwing shade at us? Oh my god! <laughs> I know! <laughs> okay, I'm upset. Alright, so it's my notes on this, like my first line of my notes literally says, ugh. Um, so, Ian... McIlhenny? Sure, what Matt said, um, who played Sir Barristan Selmy on Game of Thrones last week, uh, claimed that George R. R. Martin had made a deal with HBO to not publish the final two books until the show was completed. I already said that. Um, <laughs> but then, of course, George R. R. Martin on his website, which is not a blog, but it's a blog, but he calls it not a blog because he thinks he's too fancy for a blog, but he's not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was a whole lot of words. I'm, I'm just bothered by him right now. And always. I was about um, to say. He said that Winds of Winter and Dream of Spring are not done, and that Dream is not even started. So, and he, like, it was one of those situations where I think you're protesting too much. You're like, you're like, no, that can't be right. Absolutely not. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, that's the voice I read it in. <laughs> and I'm like, Colin shenanigans, George R. R. Martin. I think you're a liar. But I'm not going to say that, except I just did. Um, but, I mean, of course that's what he's going to say. If he's contractually obligated to HBO, he's not going to be like, oh, yeah, they're totally done. The guy who played Barris and Salmi is totally right. Like, he's not going to do that because he's no. going to be in violation of his contract. So, of course, he's going to come out with a rebuttal and be like, no, you are wrong on my blog. That is not a blog. Like, <laughs> Though, okay, but wouldn't the, the, the suggestion, though, is that the – the contract says that he can't publish it until he's done. Correct. There's nothing that says that he can't say that they're done. Correct. But why would he say that they're done and then not be published? Would he just be sitting yeah, on them right. at home like a little throne of his own made of his bullshit manuscripts? Like, is that what he's doing? Well, if he's he... made a paper throne instead of an iron one? <laughs> well, he could be, he could be like, totally up front and be like, hey guys, you know, HBO's going to release it and then I'm going to release it. But if they told him not to, and they told him to build up the suspense, he'd yeah. be like, this book's mm-hmm. not done. Say, the response I heard from him was a little bit different when, I probably is part of what uh-huh. you saw, but was him basically saying, like, why would I sit on finished manuscripts? He's like, that makes me money, that makes the publishers money, it makes everybody money. Why, why would I sit on these? Like, because you're told to, dude. Yeah. Because, because you signed a contract with HBO who's paying you more money than your books are making right. at this right. point, because... We live in America where people watch TV. They don't know how to read here. Like, come on. Like, that's, like, when I started getting to that part of uh, his not a blog blog post, when I was reading that, I'm like, okay, I'm going to need you to calm down. Like, yeah. you're, you're protesting too much. Like, It does. It sounds like that. Like, you're, you're going over the top to prove that it's not happening. Just... Correct. Yeah. So, as always, since the first book, since season one, since everything, I believe in Barris and Selmy. So... <laughs> <laughs> Can't argue with that at all. RIP, gone too soon. <laughs> I also, I just assumed that Winds of Winter was the last book. No, so if yeah, he, I thought it was too. Yeah, so if he's if he is serious and it's Winds of Winter is not done and he hasn't even started on the Somebody other one, call Brandon Sanderson because he's gonna die before he <laughs> pick up the pin. We talked about that. I know, and I almost want it to happen because Brandon Sanderson writes so fast; like it would be done in like. <laughs> Seven days. He'd be oh. like, 
You guys have been waiting on this for like 20 years, but I finished it in seven and a half minutes. I'm going to go get a coffee now. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy your book. <laughs> we, I mean, if Brandon Sanderson finished it, we'd have them both, uh, I don't know, in a week. Yeah. He'd like, be like, eh, I'm done already. Actually, I've already got these done. I knew this was going to happen. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're probably sitting in a file, in a folder on his computer. Like, He's like, just in case. Send. George R. R. Martin dies, and Brandon Sanderson's just like, don't worry, guys. I got Send. This. Yeah. <laughs> but why would he be sitting on finished manuscripts? <laughs> Oh. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the last thing that we want that I want to talk about tonight. Uh, so, Detective Pikachu came out last week, and um, I heard you incorrectly. I thought you said Detective Pikachu, like P, like P, Pikachu, like Pikachu. I was like, I don't know that I know that movie. Um, <laughs> That, that is totally. Like, that's totally gonna be the porn parody. Of this yeah, movie. that sounds like a completely different movie that we can't discuss on this show. <laughs> Wrong show. Carry on. <laughs> it's the last story, so I mean, we uh, we've talked about worse. Let's yeah. be honest. Like, yeah. So, um, so at the uh, Guzzo Marche Central uh, Theater in Montreal, I'm yeah. Um, going it. Yeah. So. Um, a lot of kids, you know, went to see Detective mm-hmm. Pikachu, not Detective Peek at you. Oh. Oh. Guys, oh. this is not a drill. Okay. Breaking news. We're going to come back to what? this. Yeah, so. Be sparkly. Yeah. <laughs> so, Tabitha, um, do, do you want to? No? No? Okay. I can't so, say it out loud. I'll throw up. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, we have a new Batman. Um, none other than uh, Robert Pattinson. It's official. He oh, is... God. Moment of silence for all of our childhoods. <laughs> Light weeping in the background provided by Matt. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. So, yeah, it's um, it's very much a, a point of view driven uh, noir Batman tale. Um, man. Like, okay. So, yeah. Um, Lord didn't do a good enough job. He didn't stay dead very long. Oh, God. I'm upset. You know what? No, don't you dare. <laughs> Not right now. Wait till next we week are, to play your devil's advocate crap. We are in mourning. We are upset. This is not the time, Mitchell. Talk about Detective Pikachu. <laughs> all I'm saying is Ben Affleck was better than we all thought. God, I hate that you said that. Uh, I hate girl. that he's right. Uh, I hate everything. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still very nervous, don't get me wrong, but anyway... So, bunch of kids go to see Detective Pikachu. The first trailer was Annabelle Comes Home. Oh, oh my god. Oh no, though. Uh, before that trailer even finished, kids were bawling. Yeah. As an adult, I would have yeah. been bawling. <laughs> the next trailer was The Joker. Oh my god, whoa! Oh. What did they do? The next trailer, The Child's Play remake. <gasps> Friendly, there's a doll in it. That no. That is Tabitha, not. Tabitha, no. Turns out they hadn't just wrong run, run the wrong trailers. Um, these kids watched um, the Curse of La La Lorna. Okay, okay. What parents were like? This is obviously not After Detective Pikachu. Trailer, and exited the building with their children. Yeah. Um. So this it's based in 1970s Los Angeles. Uh, it's a the. Legendary ghost is stalking the night and the children. Ignoring the eerie warning of a troubled mother, a social worker, and her own kids are drawn into a frightening supernatural realm. This sounds uplifting. <laughs> uh, the only hope of surviving uh, La Lorna... I don't know how La Lorna? La- yeah, sure. Thank you. Um, yeah, the, the deadly wrath is a disillusioned priest who practices mysticism to keep evil at bay. Family friendly at best. So <laughs> I've seen the trailers for that. Oh my god, these poor children. Nope. Yeah. That's so. less upsetting than Robert Pattinson as Batman, but upsetting <laughs> Did they watch the whole thing though? Oh, I don't know. Like surely somebody re- like realized it and went, "Huh, uh-huh. this isn't right. We should tell somebody." Yeah. That's a thing. So, oh. man, who's ready? Who's ready for a sparkly Batman? No. Does he watch me sleep too? Maybe, maybe that's the change that Tom King was talking no, about. It no, it better not. No, it better not be. I take it back. Batman, much pre- Batman is a sparkly vampire. I would much prefer our. I mean, uh, khaki 
clad <laughs> Batman than same. Yeah. I mean, vampires, bats. I mean, same realm. Ugh. No, no, <laughs> no, Mitchell. No. Because vampires and bats both sleep upside down. Can this be the part where Ozzy Osbourne comes in and bites his head off? Oh. Yes! <laughs> That'd be kind of cool. Sign me up. He's not dead yet. Poor man's in bad health. It's, basic, it's basically Weekend at Bernie's. I don't know if he's got it in him to bite the head off a bat at this point. Weekend at Ozzy's? <laughs> oh. I'd watch that movie too. <laughs> So, alright. So that said, uh, that's all the time we have for this episode of The Geek Awakened. Uh, We'll be back next week, but in the meantime, we'll be posting news on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, so be sure to follow us there. Uh, While you're there, give us some feedback and tell us what cool stuff we're missing out on. From all of us at The Geek Awakened, thanks for listening, and we hope to be back next week. Everybody, say bye. Bye. Bye.